Well, this is celebration of hope, everybody, and we have a lot to celebrate at all of our campuses. We had a launch of a campus in North Shore that was for North Shore, and if you're there, you know what I'm talking about, that you are for North Shore, and we love that. We have South Lake that t- this weekend is celebrating their sixth anniversary, so way to go, South Lake. We have Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake has opened up their building as a vaccination site. That is amazing. In Chicago, they have in the last three months served 400 meals to the homeless community. Way to go, Chicago. In Wheaton, in the last three months, Wheaton has provided 162,000 meals for families in the Dominican Republic with our partner down there. Huntley celebrated their largest Easter attendance ever. Way to go, Huntley. And 200 people said yes to Jesus, indicated they said yes to Jesus for the very first time at Huntley. Can we give it up for all those campuses? God is doing some amazing things. And right here at South Barrington, I just want to say this. With Celebration of Hope a few weeks ago, We weren't sure if we were even going to be in person. And so the Celebration of Hope team just kind of sitting back going, we're ready. We're ready to go. Tell us if we're going to go. We're going to go. And then knowing that with COVID, for them to create the display that they did, they weren't able to do a lot of the interactive things that they normally do. I just want to give it up for the staff and the volunteers that created just an amazing display out in our lobby. Thank you guys so much, Kyle and Katie and your team just phenomenal. Now, Celebration of Hope is not just a Willow Creek idea. It is really a God idea. If you go back to that very first church in the book of Acts, you will see people showing God's love in practical ways to the world around them. Look at this in Acts 4 from the message version. It says, the whole congregation of believers were united as one, one heart, one mind, And they didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. No one said, hey, that's mine. You can't have it. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the master Jesus and grace was on all of them. And so it turned out that not a person among them was needy. Those who owned fields or houses, they would sell them and and brought the price of the sale to the apostles and made an offering of it. And the apostles, those early church leaders, they would then distribute it according to each person's need. Now, isn't that the kind of church that you'd like to be a part of, right? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And here's why that early church was so compassionate to the needs of the people within their church and in their local locality and to the world around them. It's because they were following the example of Jesus. Jesus loved the people around him. Jesus brought hope to the people around him. And what I want to show you today is the kind of people that Jesus showed hope to. Wait, I'm at Willow Creek. To whom Jesus showed hope, all right? And then I want to show you how we can show that same hope to people. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in Luke 5. We're just going to look at this chapter real quick. In verse 1, it says this. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him. They were listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by a couple fishermen who were washing their nets. They were done the end of the day, washing up for the day. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, 
And he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now, as you read the rest of the story in Luke 5, you'll see that after Jesus is done teaching, he says, I want you to put out in the deep water because they hadn't caught anything all day. And Jesus says, you know what? I see you. I notice you. I see what you're going through. I want you to go out to the deep water and put your fish, put your nets out again. They put their nets out again and they catch so much fish that Luke tells us that the, the, the boats begin to sink. Now I want to stop right there and say, Jesus is seeing people who other people might just look over, look past. He's seeing people that are underappreciated. He's seeing people that are struggling in their work. These guys are just, you know, they're just trying to make ends meet. They're just kind of everyday people that are trying to feed their family, do their work, and yet they are discouraged because they're, they, they've come up against something that's giving them trouble, and Jesus sees that. They're unnoticed, underappreciated, unseen. Now I'm going to stop right there and say this, celebration of hope. Celebration of hope. You talk about underappreciated, unseen, unnoticed. I want to personally say thank you to all of our educators because in the last year, you guys have come alongside of our children and you have done amazing work with them. And I just want to say thank you to you. All of our educators at all of our campuses, thank you so much. And I'm so glad to celebrate with all of you that with Celebration of Hope, we hand wrote 3,500 thank you cards, put gift cards in it to local cafes and sent them out to all kind, to 3,500 educators to say, hey, thank you, we see you, we wanna come alongside you. You heard some things here, let me give you something else. We gave away 176 laptops to children, we provided school supplies to over 480 kids, we launched over 30 e-learning host sites, after school learning programs for hundreds of at-risk kids, and that's something we ought to say amen to, praise God for the celebration of hope. Now I stop right there and I'll just say, if you are someone that ever feels underappreciated, if you are someone that ever feels unseen and unnoticed, you are the kind of person that Jesus wants to show hope to. You're the kind of person that Jesus wants to show hope to. Let's go back to verse 12. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. It's a highly contagious disease. It's basically a death sentence. These people had to walk around yelling, unclean, 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 if they ever came close to anybody from the community because these people had to just you know, walk away from them. So these are lonely people. These are people that are basically have a death sentence. They're sick and alone and ostracized. And Jesus looks at this man, and in verse 13, Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man. This is somebody that's unconnected, uncared for. Many people in the world think unlovable. And yet Jesus touches the man, humanizes the man, connects with the man, and says, I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Through Celebration of Hope, we partner with Salt and Light, a local organization that supports and empowers trafficking survivors. Recently, a team of Willow volunteers organized clothes for women in a workplace development program. They had personal stylists 
these women could go and they got clothes and personal stylists so that when they went into job interviews, they could feel confident, they could feel excited, they could go in there and get that job. And I think that's an extreme makeover Jesus edition and we ought to just celebrate that right there. And I want to say to you, if you are somebody that has ever felt unlovable or unconnected or uncared for, you are exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants to give hope to. In verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into a house, lay him before Jesus. Now, the leper couldn't be around anybody This guy didn't have the contagious disease. He could be around people. However, because he was paralyzed, he was unable to work. The only work that he could get in those days was to be a beggar. All he could do was sit on the side of the road and beg for his life, basically, beg for for money. And so this is a person who's under-resourced. He's unequipped. He's unable. And Jesus comes along, verse 24, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Jesus makes it possible for this under-resourced man to be connected to resources. Who do you know that's poor, under-resourced, unable, unhealthy? Who do you know that, that is elderly? Who do you know that needs help? If you're a person like that, I want you to know that Jesus notices you and wants to give you hope. Next in verse 27, 28. Man, Jesus is having a day, isn't he? There's a lot of people in one day. Verse 27, after this, Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. And later on, Jesus has got a relationship with this guy. And Jesus is sitting down and having a meal with this guy and having a party with this guy and all of his friends. Now, that might not seem strange to you, except for the fact that in those days, Tax collectors were, cons- were considered crooks. They were considered scumbags back then. Now, we should stop at this moment. If I could get a tight shot real quick, just a real tight shot. I just want to say, that's not the way it is today with the IRS workers. Our <laughs> IRS workers are honest. They are, do their work with integrity. They are vital to our democracy. And I just want to say, basically, modern-day heroes. So thank you very much. I'm not going to get in trouble with the IRS. I'm no dummy, right? So anyway, these guys back then, it was completely different. Because for them, they worked for the Roman government. They were basically traitors to their own people. And what's more, the Romans said, you need to go out and get X amount, and then whatever you collect above that, you can keep for yourself. And so these people were traitors, but were also just basically considered crooks. And Jesus comes along to this unethical, unlikable, unpopular person and says, you know what? I'm going to change who you are. And he does. He ends up changing his name from Levi to Matthew. And what's interesting about that is that Matthew in the Greek, it means gift of God. Here is a person that is known for being a taker, a crook, and he turns, Jesus turns his identity around and basically makes him a gift of God. Last year as a church, we made sure that every incarcerated person 
in the state of Illinois received a Christmas gift through our prison pack program. And just recently, we received a letter of thanks from a prisoner along with a check for $4,500 to say, please keep this up. I want to see this happen. That's somebody that goes from being uh, unlike to, to being somebody that is a gift of God. And we ought to say thank you for the way that Jesus changes lives. If you're somebody that's unliked, unpopular, maybe you're unethical, you've made some mistakes in life, you need to know that Jesus thinks you're just the kind of person that he wants to give hope to. Now, I need to stop right there for a second and just let you know that, you know, here we are at Willow Creek, and we are well-loved by so many um, business folks and consultants and, and uh, pastors around the country. They're all kind of reaching out to me at this moment. Uh, over the past year saying, hey, how can we help you turn things around? How can we help you give you, you know, business principles and principles that kind of turn the, the church around, pastors and everything? And I'll tell you that something has emerged. And we got a lot of business people watching here. I bet you'll be familiar with this concept. They said, one of the things that you'll be wise to do is you need to come up with your one. And I said, tell me about that. What, what is the one? They said, well, it's like a profile. You, you come up with the kind of person that you want to reach out to, the kind of person that you're, you, you, you target your programming to, and then by doing that, you're going to be real effective to reach your one. And they, they even will say, you know, you need to ask questions like that one profile, you know, what's their socioeconomic level? Or they say, hey, you know, that one profile, what, what's their ed- education level? And you just kind of describe and make up this profile of somebody. And they'll say, hey, you know, maybe even what hobbies does that one have? Or what kind of business are they into? And how old is your one? And they want us to come up with this kind of one profile. And, and I, I, I'm sure maybe you guys are business people. Anybody else like in business, like that target marketing or customer profiling, you know, okay. So there's something about that that's true. And I don't want to dog it too much. It's just that I'm reading Luke five and I just don't see that Jesus is coming up with a one profile. To me, Jesus is coming up with an unprofile. The unnoticed, the underappreciated, the unethical, the unlikable, the unpopular, the unsaved. That's who Jesus was. So I thought we could just have a little strat-up strategic session right now. We'd have a little congregational meeting and let you guys vote, maybe with applause. If you guys are okay with us, maybe not focusing so much on a one profile, but an unprofile, would you just clap and we'll just all vote together that we want to see the, the unloved and the uncared and the under-resourced and the unequipped and the untreated and the unempowered and the unable and the unlike us and the unaccepted and the underachiever and the undocumented and the underdog and the unfree and the uneducated and the unrest and the unhappy and the unsuccessful, we want them all in here, folks. Those are the people that I believe that Jesus wants to show hope toward. Well, I'm glad you agree. (laughs) That wouldn't have gone so well if you didn't agree. (laughs) But that's what I love about you. And that's what I love about the, the, the hope that Jesus has for us as a church looking in the future is that when we adopt the heart of Jesus for people, well, then God comes along and gives us the hope that we need as a church. Well, that's who, that's the kind of people that Jesus wanted to show hope to, but let's see how he did it. If you look in verse 27, it says, after this, Jesus went out and he saw 
a tax collector. He saw a tax collector. You know, now you say, well, that, there's nothing big about that. But the truth is, we walk by people every day and we don't see them. I used to work in downtown Lexington. And I remember a story came out. I used to walk, you know, to, to work. I waited tables. And I remember a news story came on that said the homeless population in Lexington was up 20%. I walked downtown every day. And I remember seeing that news story and thinking, I haven't seen a homeless person in months. That can't be true. But with that story in the back of my mind, the next shift that I had, I went and I parked my car and I walked and you wouldn't believe it. There was a homeless person there and there was somebody 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 there. And I realized that what had happened is that they didn't all show up on one day, but I got used to not seeing them. And I believe Jesus would say to you and to me, hey, you know what? We need to grow in our awareness of the needs of people around us. Celebration of Hope team, I want to thank you so much. You guys have created a website, celebrationofhope.com. And I want to encourage each and every one of us today, like today, to go home and go on that website. And on that website, it's going to educate us. It's going to help us see all the needs and all these ways that God is calling us as a church to see the needs of people locally and around the world. And we will grow in our awareness. One of the things I love is that they've gotten real creative with this. You can do Bible studies with it. You, you, they've got like family encounters and all kinds of ways that we can grow in our awareness. We can see people. Another thing, if you go on that website, another word that they have on there for us is move. Is to move. See, my guess is one of the biggest things keeping us from showing hope to people from blessing people in our world is that we're just busy. I mean, you're good people. I know you want to. I know you want to serve people. You want to show up for people. You want to help people. But for many of us, we're, we're working full-time. We're taxiing kids around full-time. We come to church, and then they want us to volunteer, volunteer here and volunteer there. And we get so busy that we don't, we don't feel like we have time. Well, I love Celebration of Hope folks have, have said, you know what, if you want to move, if you want to help, one of the ways you can help is you can do a 5K run. You can do a 5K run or, in my case, 5K run walk, right? And you can do that virtually. You can go on there and raise money for our partners. Go on that website today and check that out. You can move. But I also want to say to you this. I'd like to go back to, if you were with us at church, if not, you can go back. I'll explain it. But this idea that we're trying to bless the people around us. And your schedule, I, I realize, is huge. And so for me, this concept of not more time, but more intentionality with the time that we spend is super important. And so I would encourage all of our groups at all of our campuses to say, you know what, here's what we're going to do. Every week when we get together, we're going to just spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes of our normal meeting time to say, hey, who are we blessing? And just pray, just go around. Begin with prayer. You know, listen to each other. Listen to these people. Who, who, are we, who are we blessing? And then can I encourage you, as part of your normal meeting time, over the course of a session of a small group, whether you do a four-month group or an eight-week group or whatever you do, over the course of the session of your group, watch this, what if every one of us just ate? Remember, eat from bless? What if we just ate with somebody that's an un? That's our goal. As a group, we're going to do a barbecue. We're going to 
get together. We're going to do something. Just eat one time in the course of the session and then serve. You think we can do that? I don't care if you take your meeting time to do it. You can take that little Bible lesson and put it aside and say, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to talk about loving our neighbor. We're going to love our neighbor. And we're going to go out. And I love the celebration of hope people. I'm giving you guys some props You've got on this website all these different partners at all of our campuses, these local partners where if I'm a group leader, if I'm in a group, I can say, hey, you know what? There are just awesome opportunities and and we can just show up and, and schedule and make this happen. They make it so easy. All I have to do is decide to do it. So I would encourage you to move. And then finally, on that website, you'll see a final word and that word is give. You know, when Jesus threw a party with Levi, there was a cost. Somebody bought the venue. Somebody was paying for the food. And when that paralytic came and those four guys lowered him in, if you know the story, they broke through a roof and lowered him down. You ever thought about who paid for the roof repair? Like somebody paid for those things. There's a cost when we do ministry. And I am so impressed with how well Willow Creek and the Celebration of Hope Dollars, I'm kind of new and I'm kind of looking, you know, with this outsider's eye, like, do they waste money? How do they use money? Because I'm thinking return on investment. If I'm going to invest kingdom in, in kingdom dollars, in kingdom, I want to see it used the best way possible. And they come along and tell me that a dollar sixty-eight to the South Barrington Care Center that they can provide $200 worth of food and groceries? Are you kidding me? That is amazing. $200 will cover the tuition for a refugee to learn coding and website design. $2,000 provides supplemental education for children falling behind in school. You guys are changing lives, Willow Creek. This is amazing. $40,000 will provide care packages, hygiene, food, and that sort of thing for 12,000 refugees. It is amazing the impact that the dollars are having through this effort. I just want to say, well done. So here's my goal for this year. Um, My goal is that, that we'll go home this week and we'll start praying. And we'll start talking about what is it that God wants us to do to give over and above to the Celebration of Hope effort next week. And I want you to know that my, my secondary goal is that we bring in a, a million dollars next week in one weekend. Now, that's a faith goal. It is. But we, do, we can do it. We can do it. Um, my primary goal, I said that's my secondary goal. My primary goal is that we have 100% participation. That 100% partic- participation. So, you know, my secondary goal is that we we'd bring in a million dollars next week. Um, you know, but if somebody came up to me and said, you know, hey, Dave, you know, before, before you, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and write the check for a million dollars. There you go. See, I want you to know. First of all, I'd cash that check, all right? Like immediately, I would run and I would cash that check. But then I would still come back and I would ask for the primary goal that 100% of everyone that is hearing my voice right now participates in this movement. Let me tell you why. Because giving changes your heart. And let me tell you why. Because we're gonna be telling stories over the next year of Celebration of Hope. And I want everybody to be able to feel like when they see lives change, when they say hope restored, when they see people connecting with resources and food and all this, I want you to feel like I played a part in that. 
I didn't let that opportunity go by. I made a difference. Whether it's $2 or $2,000 or $2 million, whatever it is, I'm hoping that every one of the people in this church will participate. Now, let me close this way. Uh, years ago, I was, uh, while you're thinking about that, uh, years ago, I was uh, driving back, actually from Chicago to Michigan, and on my way back, I stopped for gas. And I'm sitting there pumping the gas, and here comes this car. And I'm telling you, it's just one of these cars where there was more rust than paint on this car. And the guy that got out, um, he just looked a little rough. And he looked at me, and he said, hey, man, hey, man. He said, hey, man, can I get, can I get a couple bucks for gas? Now, the problem is I don't carry cash, right? And uh, so I looked at him, and I said, what, what, I don't really have any cash. And he, he's like, yeah, see, here's the thing. I just need a couple bucks, just a couple bucks, because my dad lives like 15, 20 minutes away. And if I can just get enough gas to get to him, then he'll, he'll give me the rest, and, 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 and I'll be good. And I'm like, well, I don't carry cash. So I took out my phone, and I said, hey, but you're welcome you know, to use my phone to call your dad. And he's like, oh, um, hey, you know, my dad doesn't have a phone. My dad doesn't have a phone. And so I'm like, mm, something's fishy about this deal. Um, but he's like, man, I just really need that gas. And I just didn't want to say no. And so I, I took my credit card. I was a little frustrated with the situation. And I just swiped on his side of the gas. I said, you know, put a little in there, what, 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 whatever you need. And uh, I'm just going to be in here. And I'm going to get some dinner. And then I'm going to come back out. There's like a burger place in the gas station. And so I go to turn. And he goes, you're getting food? He's like, he's like, hey, can I get a burger, man? Can I get a burger? And I was like, um, sure. And so I go in and buy myself some dinner. I buy him a burger. I come back out. And uh, he had filled his gas tank all the way up. <laughs> and I said, hey, uh, I thought we were just, he goes, I got distracted. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm getting taken here, folks. Um, and uh, so I got frustrated. I just, I, just, I just gave him his burger, and I just got in the car. I just wanted to get out of there as quick as I can because I just like, this was frustrating to me. And uh, right before I was getting in the car, I go, you know what? I should at least, um, you know, the Christian thing. And so I looked at him, and I was like, hey, I just want you to know God loves you. And I did that. I did this. I wanted to help you because I'm a Christian. And I got in the car, and he's like, and actually, he got real spiritual at that point. He's like, oh, God is good. Praise God. He got real spiritual at that point. And I was like, okay. So I got in the car and I'm driving away. And it's one of those moments. You ever had that moment where you don't necessarily hear the voice of God, but you can tell that he's slapping you across the face? Because I'm driving away and I'm praying and I'm like, God, I don't have that feeling that you're supposed to have when you do those nice things, God. I don't have that feeling feeling that you're supposed to have. And I'm like, God, that guy just totally scammed me. It was at that moment I felt like God slapped me across the face and he said, oh, no, 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 no. Dave, he didn't scam you. You scammed him. What? Yeah, Dave, because, because right when you left, you said you were a Christian. 
And, and see, here's the thing. That means you're doing something in the name of my son, Jesus. That means that whatever you just did, you, what you're saying is you're doing it as if Jesus himself were doing it. And he said, Dave, <laughs> you didn't even come close. Because, Dave, if my son was standing there pumping gas and that car came up the way it is and that guy came out and said, hey, can I have a couple uh, dollars of gas? My son would have said, no, 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 you can't have a couple dollars of gas. Let me go ahead and fill your tank all the way to the top. And, oh, by the way, I'll pump the gas myself. And Jesus, my son, Dave, would have said, you know what? I'll go ahead and clean your windows for you and let me check the tire pressure. And, oh, by the way, I was thinking about going on in and get myself a meal. Do you want something to eat? Can I get you something? And oh, Dave, when he went in there and he would have gotten my son, my son would have gotten him a Baconator combo instead of a junior burger off the dollar menu, you cheap son of a gun, because that's how God talks to me. He has to sometimes. And I was like, ah, and God would say, you know what? And my son would say, don't let me just get you a burger. Let me bring you in and sit down and eat with you. And let me ask you, tell me about your dad and tell me about your life. And my son would have served him and my son would have loved him and my son would have valued him and my of someone to give dignity to that man. Dave, you didn't even come close to what Jesus would have done. And I learned a lesson that day about Jesus and doing things in his name. And so this week, as you go home and you think about praying and moving and giving, as you think about giving next week, talking about it with your family, about what you might do. I just want to ask you, don't give out of obligation. Don't give out of guilt. Don't give because I say to. But I would just ask you, give in the name of Jesus and give the way Jesus would give for the sake of the people that he loves. Amen.